Hello everybody, we are back, we are back, we are back, it's the Rama Movement, we are here for another exciting show, ready to get into it this week, we hope everybody's had a good week, uh, just talking off air, we have all had a great week, fantastic to start it off with you guys, uh, let's go around the table real quick, check in, check in, check in, Miss Davette, how are we today? I am blessed and highly favored, I won't complain, oh, everything is going wonderfully. Good, good. What's new and improved? Man, oh my gosh. You know, I was super excited on Friday because I found a new company with some new benefits. It's going to be able to help people who typically are uninsurable. And I am so excited and grateful for that. I mean, literally, I am trying to figure out the proper verbiage, the proper way to be able to approach a very sensitive community. Right. And be able to let them know that there are resources and there is help for them after so many people have told them no. So, super excited about that. Getting into the planning motivation stages because, again, I think this is going to, this is a, this is a game changer. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and what you're doing is helping so many people. If you haven't talked to David, get your vision ball in order. I am wealthy now.com, I believe, is the website. You got it, sir. I think that is perfect. CT. What's happening? Lots of new things in your arena. Talk about it. What's going on? What's going on? Well, Fat Boy Problems now officially has a Facebook page and an Instagram page. Um, we're still doing the blog on uh, Fat Boy Problems Knocks at I mean dot blogspot dot com. That's still going to be coming weekly. Um, I'm going to be putting pictures and everything from my adventures on the pages. Just to keep you in the loop of what's going on, I went back and put some of the old footage up, or pictures up from the last places I did my reviews on. Uh, just looking to branch this out further and further. And I um, want to give a shout out to uh, Cuts by Reggie, who's been uh, pushing pushing me and uh, basically, you know, been a little sponsorship, you know, brotherhood, whatever. But um, we are steadily moving, making moves with Fat Boy Problems and... Uh, I'm liking where we're at right now. Fantastic. But we can't, we're not going to settle. That's what's up. Working. Hey, don't settle. Keep on, like the song, keep on pushing. Great to hear, great to hear. I'm excited. Uh, we actually went on a nature trip with like, as a family, so it was cool. We are uh, getting back into civilization today, wash all that outside off. But we feel better, <laughs> but I'm glad to be here with you guys. Um, kids are on fall break, so we wanted to kick it off with a little something special. And uh, I'm appreciative of, that's why the show, this is a point of encouragement. You know, we were talking last week about how your music list can help you through some good times and bad times and everything. But these are the times you get excited about where you're able to put funds away that you earned in your business to do things for your kids without a strain or struggle. So just an encouragement to all of our business owners, you know, what what you do now can pay huge dividends two, three years from now. So the point is to keep pushing and be great in whatever you do. You know, um, there are some people uh, that were sharing some videos with me and I forget the gentleman. Is it is it Eric Gardner or Eric Garner, the motivational speaker? The hip hop preacher? I think so. What's up with that? He, that's phenomenal. He said, uh, be phenomenal or be forgotten. Oh, like, that's I heard excellent. that and I was like, whoa. And, that, and that's kind of, you know, a new drive for this week to get started. Had some feedback that, um, you know, you didn't care for, but you re respect people for their honesty. And it still drives you to go forward and do a better job where some things you may have gotten laxed on in your customer service. So grateful for that. That was a big win, actually, this week. I took it as a win. So, you know, glad everybody's doing well. Glad you joined us today. But, you know, let's get right into it, uh, CT. Let's let's. Check in with you on the flavor of life. What's going down? Well, today's uh, spice of life, flavor of life, whatever you want to call it, is talking about some real life situations as far as with us here in America. 29% of people in America are now considered lower class. And my question that I am proposing to the table today is what moves can we make? to make this change because it may seem by looking at the number like that is a small amount of people but no honestly when you think of the millions upon millions of people that live in our country 
that's a very sad thing. And one thing, and I just feel this way, and I feel I felt this way a lot. That I feel we can do is we've got to first take care of home, because a lot of the time, what we do as a country, we are ready to jump up and show everybody else outside of the United States, oh my God, we are here. We're ready to help you. We're here to do it. But when it comes to our own people within our own walls, we will rather let them go without or walk on by and ignore their problems. So I think if we first start focusing on getting ourselves better, then branch out to help other people, that will help as far as getting that percentage down. But that's neither here nor there. So what are some of the ideas or things that you think are on this topic? Y'all know what I'm going to say. You know the first thing I'm going to say. Money? Y'all say it. Money, 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 okay. money, 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 money. But, no, that wasn't the first thing I was going to say. First thing I was going to say <laughs> is the one thing I really feel like we have to do and get serious about our situation so each generation don't have to start over from scratch mm. is to start having some real and serious conversations about life insurance. Think about how many people that you know has passed away right. in the last year, mm-hmm. two years, six years, five years, what family members, what type of inheritances. Now it's our society. We are contributing to everybody else's GoFundMe account and helping out with their cancer bills mm-hmm. and things of this nature, which is beautiful because we are beautiful people and we care about people and right. giving is something that we're called to do. I have no problem with any of that, but we got to make sure we're taking care of home first. And that's our first ministry, and we need to make sure that we have some of these basic protective vehicles in play. It's mm-hmm. so critical because most of this bankruptcy will come because somebody passed away. I'm, mm-hmm. not, I'm not making these numbers up. Statistically, right. when someone <coughs> passes away or someone gets sick, that is one of the major things that separates the middle class from the lower class because one situation will put you into a financial downfall. Yes. And a lot of times people constantly put this burden on their employer, like the employer is going to want going to be the end all to be all and not talking to professionals and saying, "Let me hook you up. Let's get something for you and make that part of our livelihood. Make that as an investment, not a bill, not an expense." And it's investment because there was, there was the day that you needed to use it, it's there. And then after that, after you have already made that investment, the same way you make that investment towards your life insurance, your disability policies, make it towards your retirement plans, mm-hmm. make it towards your kids' college education plans, make those investments into things that have a return. Mm-hmm. So often people are spending money on things that have no potential to bring revenue back to them mm. at all, at all. The places that we eat, and I ate good today. Let me, let, don't get it twisted. I ate good today, and there will be not a single dime that will come back to me because of that. However, I can afford to do it because I've taken the other things and I put them in place. Mm. There are some other things that I just say I'm not going to buy this t-shirt or I'm not going to go to this activity. I'm not going to go to all these other things that sometimes seems like there's a level of peer pressure mm-hmm. that says, well, I'm going, you need to go, you need to go, you need to go. No, I need to make sure that I have my financial plans in place. Those financial plans are so critical because they help you to be able to propel to the next level. Eat case in point. Silly, silly, silly. My girlfriend called me and she said, David, I need one more sale. It's right at the end of the month. I need one more sale. Will you buy a renter's insurance policy for me at $15 a month? It's my girl. I said, of course. I bought the policy. $15 a month. They broke into my house. They cut me a $5,000 check. I used that money and parlayed it into other things. Mm-hmm. But because I was willing to make that $15 investment. Mm-hmm. Now, could I use that $15 to get my nails done? Yes. Can I use it to go to a game? Yes. Can I use it to buy a new pair of shoes? Yes. But putting that money into that policy had a greater potential of anything coming back to me that I could turn that into a down payment on a house for my business, my kids' college mm-hmm. education. So we got to get out of this mindset of being consumers. And get into the mindset of being investors. 
And it doesn't matter how much or how little. I swear, it can literally five. $12 a month. It does not have to be substantial stuff, but mm -hmm. we have to get our minds in the time frame of being investors and not consumers. And that will really help us to be able to have something and move forward to propel forward so we don't have our next generation of kids starting off and doing the same thing that we did, going into debt going broke, getting, you know, getting some little part-time job, rent-eating job that they hate instead of letting them have the freedom to pursue their education. People talk about Jaden Smith. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, when he was kids and they had funny colored hair and they was dressing crazy, they was like, mm, the kids, they got too much money. They weird and stuff. Mm -hmm. But who was the one that fixed the problem in water problem in Flint? Yeah, had a big hand in it. Still working on it. And also still working on homelessness for the yeah. vets. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, got a vegan food truck business and all this other thing. But he didn't have the same struggles of paying a utility bill. And he was able to focus his mind into thinking about what can he do to be different? And how he can solve a problem and how he can really impact the world. That's where we need to get our kids to a place where they don't feel like they got to constantly keep struggling and fighting. Mm -hmm. And truthfully, a lot of that comes back to life insurance, whether it be for the death benefit or the cash value inside of it, or even using it for the living benefits. It still comes back to putting your money in investments that are going to pay out for you when your family needs them so your family don't have to start over from broke. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I'd just like to build on that part of it from her book. We need more people with the CEO mindset to be the CEO of you. And I say that to the extent of being more wise stewards, you know, which is, again, it's divinely stated that we need to be wise stewards over what we're given. Mm -hmm. And a lot of things are done frivolously without planning, you know, just to get to the point where you can say, oh, it's too much for life insurance. No, it's not. I should always have that a lot. I should always have that. And keep in mind, I don't want to say that I'm this person that's always been prepared, mm -hmm. you know. I've been fortunate to where even in the last few years where I've been blessed on my job to get policies outside of work, to get things to work with David, to, to get other things in place to know, God forbid, something happens, my family's protected, my right. family's prepared. But it started with, like she said, limiting activity, limiting frivolous just spending, mm -hmm. knowing where your money's going, knowing, you know, oh, it's just $10. How much does that cost us a month? How much does that cost you a month? Have you ever just kept receipts for 30 days just to see what you're spending your money on? These are things, habits we can learn now to be more wise stewards, to say, no, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to do that because I need to do this. You know, And it's mm -hmm. all economics at its basis. You only produce so much. In order to do more of this, you have to do less of that. You only produce two products, right? So... We have to get in that mindset of if I want to do more of things that are going to create wealth for me, I have to do less of things that take money from me. Mm -hmm. And that's where you can analyze that. But it all starts, I believe, like back to your point, CT, at home, being wise stewards, teaching that to your kids. You need to save part of your income. You don't need to go out and spend everything you have. And the way I said to them is I can't take a commission check and blow it, I have to reinvest it in my business. I can't take a payroll check from my job and, because I can't go back to them. Same lessons we were taught as kids. Mm -hmm. We can't go back to them before the pay period and like, hey, I need some more money. Mm -hmm. Tough. You agreed to work and ex you agreed to exchange your free time for this amount of money. That's all you got. And I think that people don't see the severity of the problems they cause when they're not prepared. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think it's it's just, oh, well, we've always found a way. God will provide. But when are we going to say that way is not working? Mm. You know, when it happens three, four times in a row. Like, there's no reason. Uh, the video you shared to your point about life insurance, the guy was talking about if everybody takes part, their part, in a million-dollar policy on the matriarch or patriarch, mm -hmm. right, pay that premium when the time comes because if we all live long enough, we're going to die. You just you just change the generations for your family mm -hmm. by all the siblings doing what they're supposed to do. Now mm -hmm. the next generation straight. So again, 
if you can't put yourself in a position to have that much disposable income, mm-hmm. you know, but I think to Dave's point, you have to treat it like an asset. It's not, oh, it's another bill I got to pay. No, mm-hmm. this is an investment. It's going to have a return. Mm-hmm. And the return may not even be in my lifetime. Something could happen to me, but I will make sure my part is shored up to benefit future generations. And we, I think we have to get out of a me first mentality as well. Sure. Actually, um, one of the associate pastors preached today and he said, are you an investor or are you a gambler? Okay. So it was really impactful because he broke down and he said the investors are patient, investors are consistent, they are disciplined, and they understand that there's going to be long-term benefits that may be in our lifetimes or beyond our lifetimes. But they see the value of it for going forward. Where they say, you know, people don't eat the fruit off the tree the day that the seed is planted. Mm-hmm. Okay? So the same thing is true when you look at it and say, when you're a gambler, well, yeah, sometimes it works when you gamble. But he also went back to that old Kenny Rogers song. You got to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them, when to walk away, mm-hmm. when to run. And so many people have been out here just gambling, even though they lose it. They still keep gambling. They yep. still keep gambling. They still keep gambling. And it's like... Baby, you have to slow down. Like, literally, at a certain point, it's like, you know, you got to quit doing things and do in the way that you know they don't need to be done. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the reason the lottery is successful with more lower income people. Because if I just hit this one time, it's, and, oh, it's, it, it's crazy because the conundrum is if I just hit this one time, but it's just $2. But if it's $2 every week for a year. Every week. Every other day. Come on Every other day. However often you do it, just spread that out over a year. So don't tell me you can't save money if you just don't play the lottery. You know, there's an investment right there. There's, um, you know, looking internally, um, you were talking about, and it was for travel. But the truth is, some of you can't save 100 bucks. And I used to be that person. Some people can't save $100 a month because they don't want to make a sandwich. Mm-hmm. When I see... The executives at, at my job, sitting in the lunchroom eating, it gives me pause to say, who are you that's got to go to Zaxby's or Chick-fil-A or whatever every day? Because mm-hmm. they're definitely probably doing double what you're doing. You know, and I think some of the, the mindsets have to change. I mean, those are the mindset and the activities. And you don't go on a trip without a destination in mind. Why do we saunter through life? Financially, right. without a destination in mind. Mm. I was listening to um, I was listening to Reverend Ike, and he was and he brought back a scripture in Proverbs, and said, um, "They perish for the lack of they have no vision, and the people perish." And it's true. We have that people don't know what they want. They don't know what they want. They don't know, so they just throw money at anything. And that's another part of that low income mentality. They don't know what they want. They don't know what they want to do with their lives. They don't know what their passions are. They don't know what they're good at. They don't know what they want until they're able to really focus their mind and understand what it is that you want, what you're good at, where you feel there's going to be some direction in your life and stay on that path. Then you'll be able to propel that into opportunities. Then you can become an expert in that niche. Even if it takes you years, you're building a foundation that is going to eventually pay off, but you got to be consistent like an investor. Be consistent in that arena on the same thing. So, you know, even when we look at that boy problems, I'm like, mm-hmm. that's my dude. Like, he's been talking about food. He's been promoting it. Everybody knows that you are big in the food. I'm sitting there eating. I can't take two bites without thinking of you. You know, that's, that's, a, that's the way just knowing what you want and positioning yourself in a place to be able to say, this, Mm-hmm. is my lane and right. now that I'm in this lane then all of these other things will fall into place sponsors will fall into place the restaurants will start begging me to come because now I'm an influencer and I've got a voice you know find something it don't have to be anything big it don't have to be anything extravagant it don't have to figure out what the heck you want to do with your life mm-hmm. right so what are some of your thoughts you see about what what can be done specifically in the lower income arena. Well, the thing about it is, is and what I was saying as far as at home, I mean, home itself, parents, kids, everything, that's cool. But what I'm talking about majorly is our government and with the people in these situations. Because a lot of the people that are in these low income situations have just had a hard time. 
there are some that have put themselves there, but there are some that had that job, was making that money, and then there was a decision that was made to where that job was taken away, and it affected them, and it put them in that lower class, and now they're scraping to get by. We, as a people, and our government, the things that they do is, there's certain people that don't get the help that they need because if they work this job, they're making too much money. Or if they are doing certain other things, it puts them in a different bracket that's going to hurt them to where they can't get the assistance they need. And a lot of people, that's all they need is assistance to get to a point and then they're good with it and they don't need it anymore. But you have a, a system that is so foul that the right people are not getting the help that they need. And then we're persistent and always going to be big brother to these other countries when we have our own problem. That's the problem that I see that needs to be fixed because we're always trying to take care of everybody else's business, but we're not taking care of our own business here in the States. Why do we have kids who have to go to school and be embarrassed because they don't have much money? Why are the adults there saying, you know what? I understand you don't got a baby. I don't know what's going on at home. Here, have this meal. No, we're going to sit you to the side and give you a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Why everybody else gets the, the other lunch, which ain't that much better. But you're going to embarrass this child over some circumstances that they have no control over. And that's the biggest issue I think we have. That's the biggest issue that we're, because we're always teaching each other, oh, you need to help. You need to help your fellow man. You need to do this. But when it comes to our own, we don't want to help nobody. If you could pick, if you could pick one area that would have the most impact, what is there a particular piece? I don't think kids need to pay for lunch, period. These kids, I these I kids I... need to go to school to learn. That's <clears> what we send them there for. We want to send them there to get an education. They should have to worry about, oh, did my mama have enough money to give me this food today where I can be nourished and go and concentrate. Right. Oh, let those babies eat and let's find them. We've got ways of finding them. Um, I forget what it was. We were watching. I was watching a game last night. And you've got all these pyrotech pyros going off and mm -hmm. all these fireworks and everything's going off. And I'm just thinking to myself, you do this every freaking home game. Mm -hmm. Why? Is it really necessary? Mm -hmm. There's something you could do with that money that you budget for those fireworks. And you could put it in those local schools because it's a state institute. You could take that money from that state institute and put it in those schools to make sure those babies eat. Right. With no problems, no hesitation. But we don't think like that. So let me let me play devil's advocate because I don't disagree with the point about free lunch. But what would you say to someone that says, okay, this is a slippery slope. We start with free lunch and then we move to the next thing. And when does it not become well, here's the, the government's thing. responsibility? Here, here's, here's the biggest thing about it. And we sit here and we can debate this all day as far as when's enough enough, but... We have countries around the world where their people go to school for free. They don't pay anything for mm -hmm. school. They're getting educated. But when it comes to us, there's an issue with it. Now, teachers deserve to get their money. Teachers deserve to do it. But there should be something in place to pay those teachers to take on and give it. Because, in all honesty, if you had a system like that, I believe that's going to bring less stress to all of your people because they don't have to worry about, man, I got to get this money together to go here. And then you won't have all these people that are doing all these scandalous things to try to get their kids into these schools. Just, I've got, I've got money. So I'm going to do this to get my kid, even though my kid didn't work to get there. But then you're messing up the whole situation for that kid that's working their tail off to try to get in that school. And then that's a spot that they don't have anymore. It's just, there's a whole lot of things that it, it would take more than just talking about it. It takes effort. It takes time. 
And well, it takes people who want to be on the same page to make it happen. Well, I think the other dynamic of it is people need to be aware of information. Mm-hmm. They need to be aware. So, typically, there are there are about, if I'm looking at this list correctly, Oh, goodness. Let me get back to it. There are seven schools in Knoxville that's called Title I schools. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> With those Title I schools, they don't have to pay for lunch. Whether they're at high school, elementary, middle school, what have you. Um, in the respect to knowing that there are some programs and systems in place, it may be very advantageous to maybe the PTA or the parents of a particular school because every school in this city is not on there. Mm-hmm. And as, as I'm looking here, there's probably upteen more in Memphis. So we look at Memphis, which Memphis makes a whole lot more money per capita than Knoxville. Mm-hmm. The cost of living there is way higher. And literally, as I'm looking at this list, there are three pages worth of Memphis City schools that are considered Title I. So, I hear you, and I think that's a great platform. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you're eating and you love to eat good food, and you know, there's kids over here that are starving at lunch mm-hmm. every day because there are literally 35 schools in Memphis and only seven in Knoxville. Then I think that's going to be a really good way that we can focus, like I was saying before. Mm-hmm. Focus what the problem is, what the thing that you want to solve, and then be able to find solutions and resolutions. So maybe we can have all the Knox County schools to be Title I schools and the kids don't have to worry about coming out, robbing Peter to pay Paul just to pay for the right. kids' lunch problem. Some other people have solved the problem. There's no new problem under the sun, technically. So mm-hmm. it's really just a matter of what do we need to do to come together and what resources or what information do you have that I can be able to say, maybe I need to push this issue because, mm-hmm. I mean, I did a real quick Google search. but And as you can see, you can scroll through the list. There is only seven. Austin East, Vine, Beaumont, you know, Fountain City schools. There's only seven of them in Knox County. And it's buku pages in right. Memphis. And I really didn't even pay to pay attention to Davidson County, which is Nashville. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being able to recognize <laughs> there are funds for it. We just need to make sure that we're advocating for the right ones. The other thing about Memphis is they have a greater population that is melanated. So they want to ensure that this problem is taken care of mm-hmm. because it does affect more children that may be in their own communities. And because we're only 12% black here in this city, mm-hmm. then maybe no one's jumped behind that mantra. So you're right. It's absolutely imperative to get behind that. You can see the disparity is huge. Mm-hmm. Am I right? Yeah. So knowing that seven versus 40 schools, and we're supposed to be considered the third biggest city in the state, right? then we absolutely should have. And of course, the income level in Knoxville. I lived in both Memphis and Knoxville. I know I can go to Memphis any day of the week and make three times more money than I can here in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. So the reality of it is, it's not clearly based on per se income. It's probably based on an advocacy or the fact that somebody wants to press the issue and make sure that they're handling this for more and more people. And I think that's one way to solve that problem. Doesn't solve the overall problem. Mm-hmm. But I hope that was helpful to recognize that maybe we can truly create a movement to say maybe Knoxville does need to recognize more Title I schools based on what we're considered as low income because a lot of times people will, they'll go to the the mat and they'll do this five or six years ago Mm -hmm. and then they'll forget about it because Mm -hmm. they got their wins or their successes and they may have gotten one or two things out out of what they wanted or someone passed away. Or somebody's gone on mm. or gotten sick or got hurt and they dropped the mantle and because that was the person who was basically the torchbearer, right. then everybody else was like, Well, I don't really you know, I was just kinda of following behind you, which we can't we can't have that mentality. I mm. mean that that's over, that's done. Everybody's gotta be just as passionate about it. But those things happen. And maybe it's time for us to go back and look at it and say, These kids going without lunch and I actually just pulled up put something on my 
um, Facebook post not too long ago about, yeah, there is a problem when kids are, um, kids can't pay for lunch. And we have to ask our family, friends and family members for money to help us with our cancer treatment. I mean, we have to. It's, it's a, you know, it's, it's what the culture is now. And, you know, we can't afford to live anymore. It takes more than 50% of our income to pay for our living expenses. Mm-hmm. It should never be that way. It should never be that way. But another part of it comes back to that consumerism mentality. We gotta be smarter. We gotta be smarter than the people who are putting commercials on TV. Because right. their job is to make us wanna spend money. Right. We gotta be smarter than the fact our parents did not, our grandparents rather, they did not grow with movies coming out every week. Mm-hmm. They did not grow up with liquor stores on every corner. You had to sneak to go to the see the bootlegger, you know? So yeah. it was a treat. It wasn't a restaurant. How many restaurants are here on this back street? At mm-hmm. least a good seven. Mm-hmm. So I can bust a left and I can eat every day of the week and not have to go home and go to the grocery store and cook any food. Right. We have to get out of that consumerism mindset because so many people are like, well, it's just $5, it's just $10. And they're so used to doing these things because we're being programmed. Mm-hmm. Yep. We are being programmed to spend money. We're being programmed as soon as I get grown. I want to get out of my house and leave my mama and look, whoa, hold your bags, baby. Do you know mm-hmm. how expensive it is? Mom and daddy might be willing to let you stay here and save some money, contribute, kick in the household, be respectful, mm-hmm. you know, and be able to stack money. Don't necessarily just look, I can't wait till I'm grown so I can have my own bills. Right. You know how much bills are? Right. You know, we see the memes all the time. And you don't know how persistent bills are. Lord, <laughs> you they, they are computerized, automated. What did you do with the money I gave you last month? <laughs> you know, they do not play. But but those are some of those things that we have to take into consideration. Mm-hmm. Consumer in their mindset, it literally says, all right, well, every Sunday we come here, we got to figure out who, who, who got a bottle. Mm-hmm. You know, that's part of the program. And then we have to be able to say, mm, fortunately, we already had this one that was kind of tucked off, so nobody had to come out of pocket. But mm-hmm. being able to say, do we say, okay, well, it's Friday, I need to go get something to eat, or I got to go, this a football game, I got to go get, you know, go to the sports bar, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Right. We got to be cognizant of that, because these are things that when our grandparents were literally, they were making $3 a day, not an hour, and they were still buying an acre of land every year. And at the end of that year, at the end of year, their lives, rather, they will be sitting over here on 15 acres of land. And you're like, I'm going to buy you $4 land. Because I saved. I sacrificed. I put money aside so I could have something for later. I don't know. I'm to do it. Oh, then it must be Scott. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, that's essentially the, the bottom line. It's getting back to that mentality that says... Just because everything is out there and permissible for me to have don't mean I'm supposed to have it. Right. Everything is lawful is not expedient. Right. It contribute. And so, I mean, I do agree with you. More should be done to protect our children. But I think we should be doing the protecting. I, now, I'll, I'll say that because, so we, the, the nonprofit that I work with, you've been out on some of the things we mm-hmm. We went to Vine and tried to pay lunch account and with a small donation we covered that and then we're able to help with track uniforms Mm -hmm. so i think if more people get in a better position to take care of things Mm -hmm. the onus will be on us we don't care what the government does we don't care because we're going to you know again it's okay let's just use a round number 1500 kids in the school even if they were only single parent households that's still 1500 parents some of them are going to be you know two income households so they could take care of what falls short if they get in the position but it takes long-term planning it takes you know people putting systems in place people got to be willing to do it right right and that's there should not have been any food accounts designed at all there were but it was a very small amount yeah. I don't know who they were. <laughs> <laughs> they was like, can we divert those funds to something else? And we said, yes, please, because we don't want it back. 
of them because they couldn't apply to like yeah. literally they, they yeah everybody in that school should be you know free lunch but that's this is how to handle that um all right i'm sorry Just no no all good but no very good point um and i think mindsets again everybody would agree mindsets have to change systems have to be in place and you have to have a plan i think if, if that's where you know your heart is being touched how do you get there you know start there and do everything that you can do on, on your path to get there anybody else on this subject good got a part two uh, david had a subject that she wanted to talk about miss david Yes, yes, my name is David. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> so I think, and refresh my memory, I think we were talking about the um, the travel agency. Hmm? The travel agency? Yes, the travel agency. Yes, yes, yes. So um, I would encourage and admonish people to take into consideration their spending habits right now because there was a travel agency and i'm looking for that right now okay so there was a travel agency that's actually the oldest travel agency in the world and it's called thomas hill and thomas hill they are going bankrupt and what that means is they're going bankrupt. They are one of the most high net worth and affluent travel agencies that opened back in 1897. Under the, the, um, in the last few years, it has been, excuse me, trying to get my thoughts together, trying to get my notes together. Um, so I can speak intelligently because you know this is not necessarily my Thomas Cook travel agency. Thank you. So the Thomas Cook travel agency is going bankrupt. Yes, bankrupt, ladies and gentlemen. Now, mind you, this is a travel agency that is operating at over a million clients in a given weekend. No, not a year, in a given weekend. So because they were not able to secure additional funding or to get a creditor that was able to help them with their operation expenses, then they had to shut their doors like most businesses do in the middle of, you know, a, a bankruptcy proceeding. Stock prices plummeted the whole shebang. They couldn't get money from anywhere. They also stranded more than 600,000 of their clients in countries across the world worldwide not just in the u.s because this company is actually a british tour agency mm -hmm. so they're one of the oldest in the world um cnn says that the tour company thomas cooks collapses stranding travelers all over the globe they weren't able to get on the planes. they <laughs> shut down their computers so people weren't able to pull up their hotel reservations, they weren't be able to pull up their flight reservations, and most people had their passports, didn't even have their driver's license, so they couldn't even rent a car. So they're stranded all over the globe in dire situations. Mind you, most of them will have credit cards and everything, but the biggest thing behind this is there is this dynamic where the wealthy and the affluent are not loaning money, they are in a place where they are holding money, they mm -hmm. are sitting, and they're also not traveling and they're not doing any extraordinary expenses. They're not just buying cars. I think there was some auction that happened a few weeks back where mm. one of the auction pieces they expected to go for millions and billions of dollars only went for thousands. And they were like, oh, well, we didn't expect that. We are definitely looking at recessionary measures where our wealthy and our affluent have stopped spending money. And when they stop spending money, then it's a telltale sign because now we just sit and we wait. Something's going to happen. Something's going to change. Now, back to what we were talking about before, that level of patience. How, much of, how many of us have enough patience to sit at home and not spend money for the next six months? Mm -hmm. 
And if we have that patience and be able to stack that money for six months, then there can be some really good rewards on the other side. That's when you start getting the houses on foreclosure. That's when you start getting cars that are on better prices. When you start getting better prices on your stocks. It's when you start seeing um, products that you were looking at buying um, online and trying to resell them. Those prices will go down. You know, these are the opportunities that you want to be able to start going into a liquid standpoint so you can have cash available later. And with that cash available later, you can plan out some real opportunities. This is one of the telltale signs of going into a recessionary mode. Mm -hmm. So if anybody is up in their right mind mm -hmm. and able to go back and start looking at the economic, you know, the economic platform, they'll be able to understand Okay, well, you know, I had a hot girl summer. Yeah. I kicked it. I kicked it, you know. We we did that. We had a nice time. Is it now time for me to go into chill mode? Mm -hmm. Go into a contemplative mode. Let me just kind of push my little dollars aside. Maybe typically I would go and buy Halloween candy and stuff like that. Maybe this year I'm not going to buy the Halloween candy. Now, I, I, I must say this, and I used to say this in my presentation a long time ago. I haven't done one like this in a long time, but I, um, I'm going to try and say this as effectively as I can. Between Halloween and Valentine's Day is the most expensive time of the year for poor people. Yeah, why? Because, one, you've got Halloween, so you're going to go buy costumes, and you're going to buy mm. candy, and you're going to go trick-or-treating, and you're going to burn gas going back and forth, and the fall festivals, and the haunted houses, mm -hmm. and all this other stuff. You're going to do little silly, just kind of inconsequential things, because it doesn't cost a whole lot of money. You get mm -hmm. the little decorations, and then from there, you move into Thanksgiving, and you get the cornucopia that sits on the table, and then you go to the grocery store, and now you're buying extra food to feed extra people that, you know, cousins you ain't seen all year long and do you buy a new outfit to sit in the kitchen yeah. with the people that you yeah. you know and then of course and now the dynamics change because it used to be you had to wait till Black Friday no you can actually go ahead and start doing mm -hmm. your shopping on Thanksgiving Day so now not only are you shopping on Thanksgiving Day you're in Walmart and you're not even spending time with your family um, then you're still doing whatever Black Shop Friday shopping that comes up Cyber Monday Cyber Monday then you got Giving Tuesday that comes behind that then, of course, you do that all month long. You go into Christmas. So here it is, Christmas. Now you're buying gifts for people that you don't like with money that you don't have to impress people that you really don't like. And then, of course, you always will have to then top it off with what? New Year's, which mm -hmm. is seven days later. So now it's like, okay, well, you're going to church. You're going to start the year off right and start tithing money that mm. you really... Or, and then after that, after you do the sunrise service, then you're going to go to Waffle House, AHA, and you're going to have that dessert before your, before your um, diet kicks in. And then on top of that, if you decide not to go to church, you're going to the club. Really? So if you're going to the club, then you're paying 20 to $50 to get in. You're going to pay 20 to $50 for a pot. Your bottle going to have sparklers on it. You're going to want to get you a table. So that means you got an RSVP. you got to register for that. you got to have another outfit to go along with that. And then, of course, you still going to end up at IHOP for Waffle House so you can get something to eat afterwards. And then not only, but two weeks later, then you got a three-day weekend because happy birthday to, it's the MLK weekend. So now we got a party again. And if you anything like I am on a three-day weekend on a Saturday, you got extra time. You got a little extra money. Let's go hang out. You go in and be in a parade. Maybe you buy a t-shirt. Mm -hmm. Maybe you go out of town. Maybe you go to a speech. Then you end up with a seminar, things of that nature. Then you turn around and here it is Valentine's Day. Well, Valentine's Day, that's when everybody wants to kick up and buy something for their boo thing. Or you ain't got a boo thing, so now you want to buy something for yourself to pretend like you got a boo thing. Or, ooh, and a few years ago, Tyler Perry, I don't know if you're listening, baby, but I've been talking bad about your black ass. So, <laughs> Valentine's Day here in Knoxville, I believe the year was 2016. He was supposed to have a show? He had his show here. He had two sold-out shows here in Knoxville yeah. on Valentine's Day weekend. The tickets were $50 a piece, and we had two sold-out souls, so that meant that they had more than $200,000 that came into the city just for the show, for the two sold-out shows. Not on top of people going to Ruth Chris before and after to eat. Not on top of the parking. Not on top of the roses and the fingernails mm -hmm. and the hair and the, the candies right. and the chocolates and the jewelry and everything else. So don't y'all tell me you ain't got no money. 
because I watch you spend it all year long. And now, think about it, $50 here, $100 there. Even homecoming this past weekend, I know between the t-shirts and the homecoming dues and paying to get into the game and then going to the after party and then buying a bottle and then just driving the gas and you gotta get your car clean just so you can drive around, that was easily a $100 weekend. Mm. Easily a $100 weekend. Now I'm not trying to say that I'm counting anybody's pockets, but the reality of it is, if you haven't planned for this, it's not right. in your budget, and you just throwing money at it all willy-nilly because it's $5 here, $10 there, can you not see after you pull it all together, and literally, if you were to keep receipts from all of this over the next six-month period, then you would be like, shit, I could easily drop more than $600, and I ain't got nothing to show for it. Mm. And see, the depression happens during daylight savings time. She just... Showed us why people get depressed because <laughs> they don't realize all this money they don't spend. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest thing is the fair to say is nothing to show for. Nothing. There are things that you're going to splurge on from time to time, just like you commented on the meal, but everything's taken care of. Mm-hmm. There are certain things that have to take a back seat. And your illustration of the the travel agency is, I mean, pay attention. If you follow what they're doing, you can get closer to to where they are, and these are people that are affluent that have the money to spend. That a thousand dollars is a drop in the bucket for them, but they're not spending money. I think it's a cautionary tale for all of us to get more prepared and and be ready. And I, you know, would encourage everybody to start with simple things. Start with just one thing. If it's putting the money in savings, even if you have to go back and get it. Or pay one bill off. Do something to, you know, people always talk about if my job paid me more, what if you spent less? Is that not essentially the same thing? Right. Right. I mean, the people have to get uh, their minds wrapped around redirecting their dollars into things that actually make sense. Mm-hmm. It makes sense for you to spend your money at restaurants because you have a food block. It makes sense for you to spend your money at the health food and, and health forums and, and information because you're trying to help people in that respect. Those things make sense. How do we don't? Mm-mm. I mean, I was at Olafest earlier today. I could have dropped about all kinds of little necklaces and trinkets and things that. And those things don't bring me any business. They don't bring any value right. back to my family. And that's one of the things that we talk about. Um, in the financial services industry, you know, we talk about opportunity costs. Mm-hmm. Every time you spend money, you, you face an opportunity cost. Right. What that means is if you spend your money here, you can't spend that money anywhere else. Time you are well. giving up the opportunity time as well. You are giving up the the opportunity. Now, mind you, it can be one of two ways. I can put the money over here and I can win big. You don't know. You're taking a risk. There's... Um, there's the marshmallow experiment. Have you seen the marshmallow experiment where it takes a bunch of um, four-year-olds mm-hmm. and it sits them in the room with one marshmallow on a table? And it tells four-year-olds, okay, here's a marshmallow. Don't eat it. I'll be back in five minutes. And if you don't eat it, then I'll give you two marshmallows. Now, how many of those kids do you think, at four years old, ate that marshmallow? I would guess all of them. Just about. Absolutely. Because they didn't understand the value of waiting. And most of us have that same microwave mentality that says, I would rather go ahead and have Mm -hmm. my one little opportunity now because tomorrow's not promised. I could die by life insurance if you feel like you can die tomorrow. But anyway, (laughs) but yes, it's very imperative to understand that, you know, that that stops people from investing. That stops them from thinking about their financial future. That stops them from knowing that if the markets do turn, in the next six to nine months, all the money that you stack in and all your patience will pay off now because you will be able to leverage that into a better opportunity. Mm-hmm. This would be the time to fix your credit. I'm just pay off all the debt, get my credit right at the place where it needs to be so I can go into debt for my business. I can mm-hmm. go in and get a business loan. Right. Now, business loans are really hard to get. They don't want to do that. You probably get a homeowner's loan easier than that. But... I hope I'm making sense. Yeah, with, I mean, with the example of the, the travel agency that could not get a loan. Yeah. That should give everybody pause as to 
you know, okay, I'm the oldest. I got one of the greatest reputations. I help a million customers a week. Mm-hmm. And you turn me down for a loan? So me, Joe Bob coming in off the street that, you know, I'm just at this number right here and I got mm-hmm. a few things, I got a few blemishes. I can't get along. How am I going to be offended? You know, if mm-hmm. they're not lending money to these people who have this track record, who have this proven ability to even get out of these situations. And that's another thing that takes businesses under is poor cash flow management. Mm-hmm. And it's a lot to say for, you know, learn to do these things, have the systems in place while you're a small business and prepare for war in a time of peace. I think people should see these things happening and know the ebbs and flows of your industry. Mm-hmm. You know, I can say from the, you know, health and wellness, summertime's a horrible time. People are not worried about being healthy. They're going on vacation. They're doing, you know, spending money on their health and wellness is not a priority. Beginning of the year, everybody's ready. You know, and that's the time mm-hmm. where you hope people can get started and stick with it because the benefits will show, you know, and that's what we want to round it out with. Um, we want to talk about successes. So I can speak personally in my industry. I want to get to everybody to have this time to express um, what do you see as a mark of success in your business. And sometimes it's not always about, you know, a certain dollar amount or a certain amount of volume in sales or Strictly speaking for me in health and wellness, the testimonials that I get from customers of how products have helped them, how they've gotten their life back, how they couldn't do this, but now they can. And they, you know, admit your product is the only thing I've changed in my lifestyle. You know, it gives you that confidence. Those are things I keep. I save, you know, I archive because when there's when those times comes where it's you're low and, you know, is this worth it, the time I'm taking away from my family, putting all this time in, beyond, above, you know, is this going to pay off one day? And you can go back to those just to reassure you and say, oh, yeah, it's going to be worth it one day. And you keep building and building and building organically. So without a doubt, me personally, I can say personal testimonials from customers are one of the marks of success. Uh, another one is to me, the inquisitiveness of others that may watch, that may follow, that may comment, that may, you know, on the side be like, hey, are you still doing that thing? And it's like, well, it's not a thing. It's my business. You know, please respect it as such in a nice way. But it lets you know people are watching. So you are growing in that sense. It may not be translating into numbers as far as money-wise, but that's another mark of success to me, I think, that people are noticing. So if I get you guys to give your takes on your marks of success in your respective industries. Certainly, certainly. Well, a big mark of success in my industry is being able to help people who have never been helped before. You know, that's tremendous. There's people that when I take a policy for, they get declined all the time. They absolutely may have health problems and, you know, it's hard for them to be able to open up to somebody new and tell the story all over again to be able to get to a place where they can have a level of transparency. So it always is a mark of success when I'm able to work with people new, people, especially people that I don't know. And I get a phone call from somebody out of Georgia saying, hey, I've been stalking you. Or I get another phone call from somebody in New York and was like, okay, look, you know, I, I got to be able to get this taken care of. And so far, you seem to be the only person who is consistently doing this. And I've seen you live it, not just talk about it. So, you know, those are things that I feel is marks of success. Um, The other ones is, you know, there's recognition that you get from the companies when they kind of reach back out to you and say, hey, we want to send you, you know, little trinkets and things because we appreciate you. We know that you're out there going real hard um, for the industry. And then there's other ones that's even separate from. So just a few moments ago, I got a message where one of my um, clients, her uh, boyfriend, fiance, he was sitting here talking with me and we were just chopping it up and sharing some information. And he just sent me a message. It was like, you know, I heard you talk about podcasts and now I want to start a podcast. What's your email address? I want to send you the podcast so you'll be able to listen to it. So being able to know that even those messages that weren't necessarily just about investing, mm-hmm. but were about business and helping somebody find their passion and their direction and pushing them forward in the life, that's a mark of success to me. It truly is. I truly believe that this kid has a gift, he has a talent, and he can take it forth to the next level. 
And I'm excited about that. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about that. And I'm glad that I was there to at least share a little bit of wisdom with him so he can take that on to the next level. That's right. a blessing. And now you're a part of somebody's story. Mm-hmm. So, that I mean, I think that in itself is another mark of success, just seeing that. So, CT, what say you? As far as success in my eyes, me just getting started on what I'm doing is a success because there's been many times that I've had ideas and I just sit on them, just sit on them. But now I'm to a point where I'm comfortable doing this and it's not like I'm always reaching out or depending on someone else to push me or to tell me, you got this, you know, looking for that reassurance. It's like, well, I'm going to go with it. I do have my circle of people that I trust in that I'll send like you guys and I'll send you guys information like, hey, what do you think about this? You know, just to get a little feedback. But at the end, it's my decision. That's ultimately going to be it as far as what I'm going with, as far as pushing this forward. Um, getting the Facebook page, getting the Instagram set up, uh, getting that email address where I'm going to start telling people to send me their ideas as far as, um, you know, different restaurants and things of that nature. But also actually getting on there and doing the first blog, just putting it out there. And... Uh, a mark of success for me is that there's one restaurant, Stefano's, 212 people have viewed it. Oh. So nice. for that to happen, for someone just starting, you know, that that's a plus for me. So yeah. Little, it's the little things right now that are, you know, keeping me where I need to be as far as focus. But it's one of those things where you're happy with what's happening, but you also understand that there's more that can be done with this. So you have to continue to push yourself to do things and just I'm I'm getting to a point where I'm not I'm not waiting on people. I think that was my biggest problem. I was always waiting on somebody to say, Okay, here it is. Now we're gonna push you, you know. Mm-hmm. Or always being the one that's ready to support someone else. Mm-hmm. And even though the person has told you, Yo man, this is not just for me, this is for you too or you don't have to do this. You're supporting, you're putting all your effort into pushing that person. Right. And then when it falls apart or it's just not happening the way you feel it should, then what are you doing? You're just sitting there, sitting on your hands. So, gotcha. And that's so important. I mean, you know, recognizing that now is your time to, like the song says, living your best life. Yeah. You, you know, you live it by your own terms. I like to, no, I ain't going back and forth with y'all. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, it's almost like the, the, the song with the can't tell me nothing. Yeah. You know, it's like, I ain't yeah. going back and forth. <laughs> you know. You make the rules. You, yeah. You know, I think and for so long, there's that part of the mentality that people have just been sitting around, well, I'm just waiting on somebody to tell me what to do. I mean, you hit the nail mm-hmm. on the head. You're like, I have to wait. I make my own moves. I make my own shakes. I make my own rules. Right. How does that feel? That feels good. Okay. Now, what's that? Financial comes behind it, it's gonna feel real good, but I mean, that's not even the whole thing about it. I think the biggest thing for me is I'm doing something that I really enjoy doing, mm-hmm. and the writing part comes easy. Mm-hmm. But to involve something as far as food, because I like cooking too, mm-hmm. so you can go to these restaurants, you can eat the food and enjoy the experience, but also you can tell what's going on as far as the food. It's like mm-hmm. when we went to Myrtle's, you can you tell you open up the biscuits, you and then. And Reggie, he was the one who was like, see, I wouldn't fit all that. But that's how it is because that's one thing. Like Food Network, uh, any food shows that are on um, YouTube, things of that nature, that's where I'm at. Mm -hmm. I can sit there and watch those and watch how they put stuff together. And it's just like that gives me a happiness. Mm-hmm. And I don't need anything. I could sit there and have me a six pack of beer and watch those shows, like Diner Drive-ins and Dobbs. Yeah. What are you doing? I'm watching the show. What are you doing? <laughs> you want to go? I'm good, and I, I'm fine. I'd be good with it. And it may be that I'm getting older. I ain't got time for foolishness, but you, you it's something. It's something simple. And so are you old in the month too. Old in the month. Oh, whoa, hold on. What did you? Boy. So you found your passion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so somebody get pushed down the steps and I'm holding the hill. But 
But no, I mean that's that's excellent because now once you're moving in that passion and operating right. in it, and it's like that's when your nine to five don't even become important because now. Yeah. And the other part of it is people are appreciating you and starting to. I seen the. It maybe took me a couple of days before I seen the Myrtles post, yeah. but when I seen the Myrtles post, I seen like. Everybody was commenting, and yeah, there was a whole lot of nine. Yeah. Your numbers are starting to go up. Mm-hmm. People were valuing your opinion. They were agreeing with you. Those things were really. And uh, man, I hate it for the people at Myrtles because you tag them in it. So that means they sent it. To, <laughs> they seen it just like I did. I mean, you got to be honest. You, you validate. Gotta, yeah. You validated your authority. Not only with Myrtles, mm-hmm. with everybody in the city, and anybody else who was watching. And that is going to make them with fear of fear missing out FOMO. That it's it also thing. makes me excited because if I'm getting feedback like that, once the vlog gets to going, I think that's what's really going to push it to another level. Because mm-hmm. a guy that I'm watching right now is named J O Jupiter. He's from the Philly area, and basically all he does, and I think he does this pretty much daily or every other day. He's going to local restaurants in the Philly, New Jersey area, mm-hmm. giving them a spotlight. And he's got it showing on uh, Facebook. He's got it showing on YouTube. And that right there, in all honesty, man, that, that would be love to me. If it turns into something monetary that works out for me and puts me in a great position, yes. Oh, no, it I will. Love, no, 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 no. I'm, so I'm, we got a whole strategy for that. Don't you worry about that. There's not okay. no if, there's no, no if, wins, or what's about. There's strategy, there's direction, there's exactly things that we need to do. We just right. need to have a planning session. Yes. But, and knowing that that's your direction, that's where yeah. you want to go with it, wow. And don't stop celebrating your successes. Mm-hmm. That's to everybody. Mm-hmm. Don't be ashamed, no matter how small it is, any form moving forward is progress. And I think because we don't, with investing and everything, you know, I didn't make $1,000 this month off this investment. So what? You know, if you look at the market over time, it's going know, up. It's going up. It's All not up. on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. On an everyday. <laughs> while you sleep over in China, across seas. That's the kind of loan money we need to be making. Well, I'm proud of both of y'all. I'm encouraged by both of y'all. I appreciate both of you all. Well, um, you wait a minute. You had a really good experience this week as well. Don't just kind of push it off on us. There was some some opportunities being patient and waiting in the wind. Ab- absolutely. Speaking to the form of patience, and this was a success, and I'll, I'll go quickly through this. Um, there was a situation where, and I'll just be freely you know, and open about it, I freely share it. Uh, I come to find out on my job, I am not even on the pay scale for my job, as excellent of a worker as I've been told by corporate how excellent of a worker I am, taking on responsibility, mm-hmm. going back to school, getting a degree. And several conversations I had with management as well as HR, everyone's aware that I'm not on the pay scale and they're perfectly okay with that. So, of course, anger is the initial. Mm-hmm. But I, you know, began to work through that. Uh, I still have family to provide for. I'm still trying to grow my business. So it provided fire to put more energy into that. But this week, a new program was announced. So my company has surprisingly done their research, and 47% of the people that get their degree through the job end up leaving the job, and they want to correct that. So mm-hmm. they're starting a program next month where you fill out a profile and they match you to jobs in the company so they can retain their employees. So, you know, even when the situation is not working out in your favor, a little bit of patience, you know, to hold your tongue, speak out at the right time, know when to, you know, step back. That's a success that I had to come to because, you know, I've walked off before. Mm-hmm. I've said things I didn't need to say to the wrong people and it just... You might as well you might as well just quit right now mm-hmm. because you've offended the wrong person. So um, I'm learning things through my business that are helping me in my work professional life. You know, um, encouraged by articles that tell you, you know, treat this time after you earn your degree as grad school. It's teaching you how to run your business better because it can also teach you things to not to do. So I wanted to share that um, I am celebrating that success. Uh, we talked about it a little bit while we were out in nature. And I'm, you know, inspired, again, by you guys always. My family keeps me motivated. Uh, these little victories, hearing these things gives me the strength to press on. So I hope we've encouraged 
uh, somebody out there tonight. But before we go, we all have to give that positive word. So with uh, that being said, who wants to go first? I'll go first. Um, Positive note to start your week on is that nothing can be done waiting on someone else. You have to be the one to initiate it if you really want it. You've got opportunities that sit in front of you, but guess what? They're just going to sit there if you're not the one doing anything with it. So get up, get out, get something. Brought to you by Outcast. <laughs> Don't let the days of your life pass by. Miss David? Um, I want to go back to the scripture, the Proverbs 29 and 18. Okay. Where there is no vision, the people per- perish. Okay. And I, I need us to understand that, you know. I, I, I love us to be able to sit down and figure out what it is that we want. Write it down. Think about it. What does it look like? Be able to make it happen in your mind. Create that level of reality. Just think about it. Just focus on it. Just what, what, how many offices is it? How many bedrooms is it? How many vacation days a week is it? Like, what does that vision look like? And that goes back to a lot of the reason why the new name for the business is Life Visions. And we talk about IamWealthyNow.com, but you get to the website, it mm-hmm. is clearly Life Vision Solutions. Right. Because I do want people, um, you know, I talk about Habakkuk 2 and 2. Um, write the vision, make it plain. Mm-hmm. It's so important for us to recognize that it all starts in our mind. You can call it law of attraction, you can call it positive mental attitude, you can call it whatever, but you can't do nothing if you don't set your mind to it. Mm-hmm. Mommy and them used to told us that when we were kids. It was like, mm-hmm. you can do anything if you were, if you, you just put your mind, put your mind to Absolutely. it. So the same thing is true, and that's where I want to help people to understand is put your mind to it, focus mm-hmm. on it. Get your vision right. Have And things will change. Plans will change. But at least you have a direction and you know where to go. And I think that will help a lot of people. They can start putting their money in the direction of their vision. If right. their vision is to be able to say, I want to do this type of business, put your money towards that. Start buying the equipment. Start you know, putting up a savings account. Like put, those things are so important, especially as business owners. Right. Learn to pay yourself first. If you can't pay yourself first now, when you, before you start your business, mm-hmm. are you really going to be able to pay yourself when you start your business? Mm-hmm. It's important. So I don't want to go too deep in that, but again, the scripture is Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, where there is no vision, the people perish. Right. And if you're going to perish with no vision, buy life insurance. There you go. Money, 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 money. <laughs> money. Well, All right, real quickly, I just. I just want to say, and I want people to, you know, we can feed off negative stereotypes and everything, but let's combat it with this. It stops with me. I think if everybody can adopt that phrase, you know, we're talking about changing mindsets, uh, positive affirmations, and when people come with you, well, typically in my family, this happens. Well, guess what? It stops with me. We turn things around. You know, let's be the person that, that, you know, so what if you don't get the credit? Mm-hmm. Let's be the one to set my family on the right path. Let me be that leader. Let me be that person I'm supposed to be. Because I think, you know, you will be pleased with your legacy if you are saying things stop with you. Stop all the bad habits. Stop all the notions. You don't know how many people you'd influence by just turning things around in your lane. Like, just look, you do, just getting started. Mm-hmm. You don't know how many people that inspire. Well, man, he did it. Let me go ahead and get inspired. So, you know, complacency. You know, it's fine to be content. Just don't get satisfied. Just don't yeah. nestle down in there like, ooh, this is where I'm supposed to be. You know, when you feel it setting in, like, nope, that stops right here. You know, cutting things short. Mm-hmm. People, time, places that just suck the life out of you. You know, and it's hard when you work in a place where there's a toxic mentality. But mm-hmm. throw those headphones in and, and mind your business. Go to work, you know. Uh, so I'll say that to everybody. Just kind of throw that out there. You may have your list, but add that to your list. It stops with me. You know, it stops here. It stops whatever it is. Just stop. Put a stop to it. You know, give your time and let things go. Um, With that being said, I thank everybody for their time. It's been a great show. I appreciate all of you all. I'm inspired. I'm empowered. And um, good night, everybody. Thank you all for your time. Peace. Bye.